let's be frank, why are so many people Catholic? Why would someone want to follow so many rules? Why would someone drop social norms and luxuries to follow a man who died over 2,000 years ago? Join me, Abby Normand, as I interview Catholics from all walks of life to discover why people choose to be candid Catholics. Candid Catholics, extraordinary stories, extraordinary vocations. So welcome, Joe and Janice, to my podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you guys on here. We're excited to be here. Good. <laughs> it is early in the morning. <laughs> That's for sure. But um, so tell me, you guys, a little bit about yourselves. What do you guys do right now? I work with uh, the youth up at Our Lady of Lourdes Parish and just try to help however I can with youth ministry. And I love it every minute of it. And I'm uh, just fully immersed right now in our business of uh, the Della Sega Group, where I get to work with. Uh, business leaders that are trying to grow their business and become better at what they are. Um, we've been blessed through the years to have a, a small family business, and um, it's going really well. So we're really having a good time. Awesome. And where are you both from? Pittsburgh. Yep. Both actually grew up here in Pittsburgh, um, high school sweethearts, um, which has been just an incredible ride and a lot of fun. And so, uh, except for maybe two, two times I've moved away, and Janice once, right after we got married, we, we just keep finding our way back to Pittsburgh. So... Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, this is home. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So we're all from Pittsburgh, Kansas. Um, so yeah, it's a really awesome. It's a really awesome town. We all attend the same parish. Janice is actually my high school youth minister. And I honestly don't know where I would be without Janice today. She's really helped me form my faith. And as well as Joe, you guys are really great role models. Thank in you. Our, for, for all high schoolers and for me especially. So. <laughs> well, you're very sweet. Praise God that we've had the opportunity to, to do that. And for you to be in our life is a big blessing too. I think sometimes we feel like we learn more from you <laughs> than, yeah. than a lot of things. So it's, it's been really great. We've enjoyed the ride, and it still continues, so it's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, so Janice, what kind of things do you do in your ministry at um, oh, St. Mary's Colgan? Sorry, I was like... No, like, that's totally okay. Here, so many different names for that, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> well, um, I started out several years ago when Father Brian Nelson asked if he would, when he left... You know, as priests come and go, they usually stay about two or three years, and then they have to go to their next um, parish as they get transferred. And so he said, what we really need is a constant. We need someone that stays in the parish that you know is going to be there and loves to work with the youth, and, and they can continue the programming that we start, that each priest starts. And so that's how it all started, and so I... We started back then doing something every Wednesday night and kind of changed every Wednesday so that it would be attractive to different people. One Wednesday night we pray, one Wednesday night we have Young Apostles, which is a junior high activity, which is just kind of fun, and then there's a theme involved in it. One night um, the boys and the girls have a grace and nights time where they just kind of minister to each other, and then... Um, one of them what's the oh and then the other one is a service night where lately we've been really serving at the lord's diner so it's a wednesday evening after practices schedules kind of change but it's always wednesday so that's kind of the mainstay of what the constant is there and then we do 
retreats, class retreats. Everybody has a class retreat. And then some of our big events are traveling. We go to Steubenville conferences every oh, year. Yeah, this year, yeah. <laughs> This year we're going to Atlanta, Georgia, which I'm real excited about. Are you about. serious? Yeah. You guys are going to Atlanta, Georgia? This is kind of so our, cool. I think it's one of our farthest ones that we've gone to. Never yeah. been there, so that's going to be fun. Seriously. That is so cool. And then lastly, one of our one thing I wanted to mention is our mission trip, which I know you were yes. able to go on. And that's all of those things are life-changing and can really help form all of us in the way God wants it to. But the mission trip, we're going to West Virginia. That's really what I'm working on right now, actually, is getting that all ready because we'll be going in a couple weeks. Oh, my gosh. I, I think the cool thing about what Janice is doing is that we've been so blessed to have a Catholic school. Absolutely. Um, K through 12 and pre-K through 12. And um, and they get so much there. You get much in the classroom. You get all your extracurricular. And then Father Brian's vision comes along and wraps this other experience and Catholic experience um, that kind of it, it fully rounds out I think the student mm-hmm. and it's um, and then you know the goal always is to integrate what Janice does into the school so they complement each other yeah um, and it's been really effective in that way kind of a tagline that we developed early on was learn it love it live it and so the learn it is what we do in school and at home everybody learns you know through their own families and their own individual life but Focusing on the school, you learn about your faith in the school. Yeah. Then you fall in love with it at some point in your life, and hopefully you'll fall in love with it while you're learning it mm-hmm. and being formed. And then the live it is kind of the part that the youth ministry does. So you take it out and you learn how to live it after you've learned about it. So yeah. Joe's right. They, the teachers and everybody in the school you know, have such a, a huge, huge part, and what the youth ministry does is just complement it. And it's just an extension of what family does and what school does. Oh, my gosh. I completely agree with that. I love that. What did you say? Learn it, love it, live it. That is absolutely how I felt in high school, that's for sure. And I definitely know that's how um, my classmates and peers felt in high school, too. Like, it was so cool to be able to, okay, we're learning all this in class, and then actually being able to implement it with um, the ministry. Because I, I don't know, with the, if I didn't have it, I don't think I my faith would have taken off at all without it. I mean, we should have, it would have been, would have gone to church on Sundays, but I don't think, I think that's what a lot of people are missing in their, in on their faith journey, is just a way to apply it in exactly. that proper guidance and that's why I really appreciate that's why me and so many other people appreciated you guys being there because you guys helped us through these things help to guide us high schoolers um in doing that and I don't think if we had I think if we were just told okay now go do this um we all would have been a little discouraged in that we used to talk so much about you know what can you say to a high school student especially me not being in the high school I'm doing my thing you know in the business world and jazz used to always just say, live it. I mean, you just need that piece. You know, it's we, if we could model a good marriage or we could model a good business or we could model, because um, especially kids are watching, they're watching every move we make. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't realize that it's not what we say, but what we do that's yeah. going to speak the loudest. Which is just mainly the main thing with all of it is that everyone knows that they're loved. Yeah. You know, that's just the number one thing. And no matter what you're doing and no matter where you are and what ministry you're in, but if if each person feels loved, then I think it gives you that 
confidence and security a little bit, yeah. you know, to step out and, okay, I'm going to try to live this whatever it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that goes, that, it goes a long way with it, too, because at some point, like, through, through all of the learning about um, Catholicism in high school and everything, there's got to be a point where it's more, more than just knowledge. Like, you right. have to feel exactly. secure in that before you can really go out and do things like that. So, um, speaking of, uh, like, your guys' marriage and all of that, I kind of want to know a little bit of your guys' background story, just kind of how did you meet and, like, how did you guys end up, like, marrying one another and just kind of how did you find your relationship with God through all of that? Great. Those are great questions. I, <laughs> do you want to start that? Or? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, so, like, we were both incredibly blessed to have very, very um, faith-filled families. I mean, it was to our bone, and we did live it. Our parents modeled it. Um, And so in some ways, our path to going deeper into our faith has been so blessed. We've been so blessed because of the example and the models that we had. And as we've gotten deeper into the faith, we've just realized there are lots of other people that have you know, have had to go a different path, and it's been really maybe even more challenging than what we've had from our early days. So we were high school sweethearts. Um, basically, we started as friends. I mean, just, um, you know, talking in the halls, and yeah. I always found the stupidest reasons to flirt with her. And she uh, had <laughs> mixed, whether it was talking about poached eggs in the morning or whatever. We had, so we had a lot of fun, and I think um, and we were friends for a long time before we even went out for a date. And I think that... I think our our love was grounded in friendship first. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that um, Joe was so fun and easy to talk to. And actually, and I was a little bit shy, probably. And he would had, was dating someone else at the very beginning, so he was safe for me. It was easy to be myself yeah. around him because I wasn't thinking – oh, does he like me or anything like that? So we just, it really became, we became friends and I could be myself very naturally. And then um, he stopped dating another person and then just asked me to go out for pizza. And that's kind of the beginning of it. And so it's been wonderful ever since. We've been married for 35 years. Oh my gosh. And as, you know, and we have four beautiful children and now we have four beautiful grandchildren. So that's really, you know, that's what I did before youth ministry, and I loved every minute of it. And then we had our children younger. We got married at 21 and 22, which is way, yeah. <laughs> that's young. But back in those days, that's what people did, you know. And hey, so that's we, great. We got married young, and we dated for five years, so we were ready. Yeah, And then absolutely. we were blessed with children, and then um, they all graduated and went on to be wonderful, beautiful people in society. And so I thought to myself, I think God still has something more for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was a teacher before uh, we had kids. And then, so that's when I started youth ministry. So that's been wonderful. And I, I, to answer your question and I'll lead in on um, how, how has our faith become our own maybe Mm -hmm. is the, what I was thinking about is that, we had such a beautiful faith from our parents, and then we all we both went to Catholic high school, to St. Mary's Colgan, and then I think it was probably I just did everything and felt 
I thought I felt a good relationship with God until one, until our, um, both of our parents, our fathers died in about a year and a half of each other when we were in our early 30s. And at that point, that was really the first thing that had ever really hit both of us really hard and kind of threw us back and made us realize, oh my gosh, you know, this life isn't perfect all the time, yeah. you know. And so I can remember being in my bedroom one day and saying, okay, God, I I want to know you better. I want to grow deeper in my relationship. And what that stemmed from was my mom was so sad to lose my dad, but very comfortable to die herself. Yeah. And I wasn't. And I thought to myself, I need to be that way. I need to know more. I need to be deeper in my faith so that I know God more and I understand the beauty of our faith a little bit deeper. So that was probably my first big conversion and said, okay, God, I need to be ready. We went to a class, a grieving class, after he passed, Mom and I. And I remember Father Larry Parker gave it and he asked us to raise our hand if we were ready to die. And most of the people were older in the room. They all raised their hand and I didn't. And I thought, <laughs> Gosh, you know, I need to, that needs to be a part of what I'm understanding more about our faith. And so that was the beginning for me. Yeah. I mean, death, there's a scene in the movie The Doctor. It's an old movie with William Hurt. And there's this one scene in there. And the, the premise of the show is that <clears throat> that he was a cancer doctor. And it was just like a factory putting people through there. You know, and it was very, it didn't have any emotion. And it was like, you have cancer, you have six months, you know, to get your life in order. And, and so, and then he ultimately gets cancer and he goes through the experience from the other side. So it kind of lets you see. But in that, there's a scene where um, the doctor is with um, um, an Hispanic gentleman and he's told he has cancer, he has six months to live. And he has this scene where he's around, surrounded by his children. And he's like, look, you got six months, go home and get your life in order. And to which the Hispanic man says, my life already is in order. And so I think after our parents died, it was like, we kind of went to the mantra we need to be ready to die. And both of our dads said the very same thing. Really? Yeah. yeah. My, I can remember my dad saying that, you know, the doctor told him the same thing. And he said, I'm ready. Yeah. And your dad was the same. Yeah, way. her dad was uh, both, but her dad was already going to daily mass. I mean, he was the most Catholic. Uh, my had great example, my dad as well. But I just remember neither of them really changed anything in their life. Yeah. They didn't have to run out and go do something different, or they didn't have to be more family oriented, or they give us more time as children. They were already doing it. Wow. And so I think that's where we began to go. If we got that news that we were going to die, would we be in a position where we wouldn't have to change anything? And that is probably a, the acid test, I guess. So I think that, and then, um, you know, we. it's funny because when you think about learn it, love it, live it, um, not the, the schools today have made some amazing improvements. I think I think kids in the youth movement with theology and the teaching John of the faith. John Paul II. And John yeah. Paul II. It's, yeah. it's really been amped up over the last 10, 15 years um, since World Youth Day and the movement that he started. So our formation was okay, but it's on fire now compared to what we had. So in some ways, we kind of went backwards. Yeah. We lived it. I mean, we loved it, lived it, and then we went back and have had to learn That's it. That's a great point. We're, we learn it. We've been learning it from you guys, actually, yeah. Yeah. from the youth movement, from the Steubenvilles, you know, from the desire that God placed in our heart just to – and we wanted to do it together. We wanted to do it for our kids, you know, and then our kids graduated, and so – you know, God just said, 
I want you to continue and made open the path. It wasn't, it's funny because after our kids graduated, and I may be going off on a tangent here, but um, I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I was, gosh, 40s. And um, so I decided to go back to school and be, I thought I would be a librarian because then I could still have my evenings and it wouldn't be quite as intense as the classroom in my mind. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So I got I got my master's in library science. I took three years to do that. And then Father Brian asked me, and without even thinking, I mean, I talked to Joe and he goes, I think you, I think you know this is what you need to do. I felt that peace wow. and I had never really felt it with the library science. So I guess that was my decision to do that but God said no I want you to do this so I've never used that degree at all last night um, we were talking at uh, a book study and we had a I'm glad you brought that up because last night we had a um, the question was who is somebody that is a role model in your life and I was like because what did they do um, in order to get from one place to the next? How did they trust God? How did they? Well, how were they open to Him? And I was like, Janice Del Sagan, she was gonna be a librarian, but now she's one of the, I was like, she's gonna be a librarian, but she wanted to live a quiet life, and I think that's beautiful because you are kind of a quiet person, but you have done so many big and loud things. But I really haven't done those. That's very kind of you to say. It's. Those are not my nature. And that's really why I think, you know, a person feels like it is of God. Yes. Because I could never have done anything without him. Yes, absolutely. That's, yeah, and that's what I should have said. But, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, it's so cool how God just, he just, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. Like, so I think, (laughs) as always said, and I think that's just absolutely wonderful that, that's that's what's happened of that's what's uh, come of you through the Holy Spirit and through God. It's just it's absolutely cool. Thank it's you. amazing. So yeah, <laughs> it's been a fun fun ride and it's been great. I think uh, Janice's decision. I mean, that was the craziest thing because that was like in one day. I mean, yeah, which is totally not three me. Three years, one direction, <laughs> and then she has this conversation. She calls me. I think I don't know if we talked on the phone. Or I came home that night and. By that night, it was like, yeah, this is what you got to do. And so I I think our path to our faith has been um, the will of the Holy Spirit is everything. And I think we used to throw that around or you say it or come Holy Spirit or whatever, but it becomes real when you actually give something up to the will. Like you pray for the will and then um, Father Jacques Philippe, I don't know if you're a fan of his, yeah. but it's amazing. And he has this little book in the school of the Holy Spirit. It's real small, easy little read. And basically he's like, the more you pray to know and understand the will of the Holy Spirit, the more little hunches you get, those little things in your mind that yeah. say, you know, I ought to do this, or maybe I should do that. And he's like, if you act on those and you get the grace, then, and God keeps giving them, the Holy right. Spirit keeps giving, yeah. you keep acting. And it's, it's just this, you know, this Trust. compound snowball effect. Um, and we've experienced that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's so many decisions in my work life, for instance, that, you know, in, in business or in anything um, work related, you know, you're paid to have control. You're paid to think of a vision, act on the vision, do the vision. And a big, I think, change we've experienced is, okay, that's our role. But do we retreat in prayer to say, God, is this what you want us to do? And, and then you get this overwhelming feeling of confidence that says go. And if you don't have that feeling, then you keep praying or you go a different path. Yeah. And that's, 
And we totally trust. We've had to learn that, that. But, but yeah, so that, much. Yeah. yeah, that isn't what we did in our thirties. Sometimes I think back and I look at you guys and how deep you are in your faith, the youth movement, and um, I think where I was, um, and I just think I'm just so happy for all of you to get it young, and you know, and to be showing the world. Yeah, uh, life of Christ at a young age is beautiful. Oh my gosh, absolutely! And you know that's really funny because um, I feel like a lot of people doubt the um, Catholic youth these days, oh, and it's gosh. like, where are they going? And it's like, I think we're going great places from what I've seen. Like the youth, people do totus tuus. People still give up to go their lives to go do missionary work. People still go to youth ministry. Like people want this stuff. Absolutely. I mean, whether you're youth or not, like people want this. It's just. It's everything that we've been talking about. We just need that guidance, and we need uh, to learn, and we need to learn to love it. And um, you know, and and that's what it, when Joe and I when something happens in the world, and you can easily get caught up in it. Mm-hmm. And then we always say, but look at what the youth are doing. Look at the beauty of of what we see in our parish, and not even just not even just here, but you go to Steubenville or you go on mission trips and you unite with other, in our diocese, you unite with other teens and you say, no, this is great. And that's, it gives us hope. Yeah, absolutely. I teach... You give us hope. Oh, thank you. I teach um, uh, Parish School of Religion, PSR, um, uh, Wednesday nights, and I teach uh, second through fourth graders who haven't received the sacraments yet. And I am just in awe of how I'm... I'm teaching, and I don't know if they're grasping any of this, but every Wednesday we come back, they know. Great. Like, they know, and they really do care, even at such a young age. So even though they're all from, like, such different backgrounds, and they're all going into the church. So, like, if kids are so willing to learn this stuff and know that stuff now, like, it's crazy to think about where they can go. Where we're going, exactly. There is definitely a hunger. Yeah. There is a hunger for it. And I think what we see is that, you as the youth movement and with all that have been invited into the party much earlier yeah. than than, uh, than That's the a old great days. Point. Yeah, but with that comes it's a long life and there's a lot of challenges and there's a lot of ups and downs. And so what we're starting to experience is when I mean Mother Teresa talks about this periods of spiritual dryness, which you know you just can't even comprehend somebody as good as that could ever feel that. But what we're starting to see. And even in our lives, it's when you have those things that don't go well or aren't going your way or whatever, is that you just got to show up. I always say show up, text up, write up, you know, yes. whatever. So I think that in, in God's infinite wisdom is why he gave us the Eucharist on Sunday and the, and the call to be there every Sunday. And so that when we're in those periods or a funk or a little bit off the rails in our relationship, he's always got this one banquet that he's going to invite us to every week and so and there could be long periods where you just go and you don't feel it but uh or you're you you know you in a relationship where there's a class and you don't feel it but you you got to just keep showing up you've got to got to hang in there um and and you never know but i think sometimes people quit you know there's that have you ever heard that um little phrase of how many times is a teacher talk to you during a test the Mm. teacher's very quiet during a test in a classroom well then relate that to god 
if you're going through some kind of a test in your life, maybe I was being quiet to see how you perform. That is such yeah, a Yeah, and I, I really like to think about that because you, we could quit and we could throw the test away and say, I'm not going to do this anymore, or yeah. we could just show up like Joe said, and then at the end of the test, you know, then you'll, I think God always says, okay, this is why you had to go through that. Yeah, I think this all goes back to learn it, love it, live it, because um, it made me think about how people do quit. People people throw in the towel and say, I can't do this anymore, no matter what's going on in their life, whether they, who, it doesn't matter if you have a hard life or an easy life, like people get burned out and they just want to quit. And I really feel like that's because they don't know the why. They don't know what they're doing that for. And I think that's kind of why you guys were invited a bit late because you were told that this is what you needed to do because it was good. But why is this good? So that kind of segues into the question of why are you guys Catholic? Why are you choosing Catholicism over anything else? Why is this the path that you choose to live out your faith? Well, for me, and I mean, I'll go first. Um, and we may have the same answers for a lot of things, but I, the Mass and the Eucharist is so important. And it actually, you know, that's the source and summit of our faith. And so be able to receive Jesus Christ and know that it is actually Him every day if you want to, if you can, if you can find a Mass and go there is a blessing for me. Um, I also, it's funny because... Um, we talked this year, Father Clay um, talked about having a word, choosing a word for the year, and he has a group of friends that do that, and so he challenged me to do the same thing. And so I came up with the word truth, and so that's just kind of been a word that I think of throughout the year. And when you asked the question and asked us to come on here, I thought the simplest thing to say is that the Catholic Church is the truth. And in our source and our searching and our in my 30s, when I said, help me build my relationship for you, with you stronger and understand you more, there's just been a desire placed in my heart ever since I said those words to know more of the truth. And the more I know, the more I want to know, and the more I learn to love about the saints. I love the saints. Um, and that's really why I'm Catholic is because I believe that it's the truth. It's the one true church. And, um, and also... Besides the saints and the Eucharist, I think to have the sacraments mm -hmm. is so big. And the sacrament of confession, even though it's a gut-wrencher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time you're in line and you're, you know, you're recognizing your sinfulness, the peace and the sacramental grace that you receive afterwards is something that's just so beautiful and such a gift. When you, when you said a gift, like, Literally, if you had asked us that question at any other given time, it's like there, we didn't know our why. It's just like it was like it, it programmed in our mind. Right. Yeah, you know? like this is the right thing to <laughs> yeah, do. Exactly. There was just no question. And so uh, we have lots of Protestant friends. We have a lot of non-believing friends. I mean, you know, people, acquaintances, people in our life. And, you know, so once you begin to have those friendships and then once you begin to realize when we were in our, the school together and our world was small— um, we were always with like-minded people. We were all we all were on the same page. We all believed the same thing. So you didn't even really think about it. It's not till you kind of get out in the world and you begin to broaden your relationships and you begin to like need, college. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. And you need to. I mean, you, you, we live with everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think 
for me, the first answer I would have given you is I did it just because that was the only thing I knew. Yeah. Um, and then I think at some point you have to make a choice where you say, okay, there's something bigger. That's going back to the learn it. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to go, well, why am I that way? And, it, and when you first start the process, there are really compelling reasons by all of our Protestant friends or other people. Um, I was with one guy once, and he was very believing, a great Christian guy, very deep in his faith. And I told Janice, he came back from a business trip, and he looked at me and he goes, if you knew more about your faith, you would not be Catholic. <laughs> and I said, no, I can assure you, if I knew more about my faith, I will become deeper in the, in the Catholic faith. But in a way, that kind of challenged yeah, me absolutely. to say, yeah. I'm not sure it's a good enough answer just to say because yeah. to somebody. Um, Janice used the, the, the word thing, and, and I had a gentleman that did the same thing in, um, in our one of our business groups. And so my word for the year is accompaniment. And um, in the Cape and Spin group, we changed the bus- our mission. We used the word to be help each other, hold each other accountable, which that's almost like I lord something over you. You're accountable to the faith, and I'm going to make you accountable. Yeah, yeah. And so we flipped and changed the word to accompaniment, and we want to accompany people. Wow. And, and I feel like that's the way. So if somebody I know is of a different faith, I want to know why they're of that faith. Yeah. But I don't necessarily need to. You know, Patrick Mann, I don't need to convince them to come over to our faith. I need to understand love. where they are, love, love them, them. Yeah. and model what I do. And if they, because they can get to Christ through their faith. I yes. mean, it's it's not exclusive, right? We don't have the, the one-way ticket. Um, but at the same time, if I'm modeling it and, they, and we have a relationship, and then instead of like, I'm going to convince them to do this, it's like, no, I'm going to understand them. Gonna, Janice always used the word love. I'm going to love them, and the, the Holy Spirit decides what they need, where they need to be, and right. when they need to be yes. there. We're just the instruments in everything. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow, everything's so it's so such powerful things. Um, I completely agree with that. It's just you know how how great like would the world be if we all just cared primarily about like just loving each other, mm-hmm. just the golden rules, just love one another as I've loved you. Like, like so many people, that's how people, that's how change happens whenever we meet somebody where they're at and just oh, trust. So, so true. And we just trust that like God will guide them, the Holy Spirit will guide them through us. Like we don't need to push anything on them. We don't need to, just a simple invitation. That's why I love that word accompaniment. I also love the word truth. I just think that's such a beautiful thing because how many people just feel so alone. Like they feel so alone in this. Like they don't feel like they can turn to anybody in their journey, in their faith, in in that kind of stuff, or even in other issues. And without somebody there, they can't move forward. So just to have somebody there abiding with them, like just means so much. Yeah, exactly. That is so true. We were just talking about um, loneliness a couple nights ago and just how, just speaking of some friends and just, how that's such a sad place to be in your life. And if there's any way that either one of us or any of us can just go and lend a hand, you know, share your heart and just say, hey, what can we do? I'm finding this in my business coaching. Um, People would be amazed at entrepreneurs out there that are blown and gone and they have all the signs of success and they they have people working for them and their businesses are thriving that are very, very alone. I mean, and they... And I think that's why they go into a coaching engagement because they want to go into a place where they can shut the door and they can just share 
where they are with their families. They can share, you know, they're not always loved and that's part of their, you know, task to, to do. And But that comes with a price and loneliness is, whether it's that or people that are 90 years old sitting in a rest home, I mean, that have families, but it, loneliness is the thing that kills. It's not usually... Um, it's funny, else. Joel will come home sometimes from one of his coaching clients and just say... And he's a very smart guy and, you know, lots to offer them. And probably the thing I think you offer the most and the best for them and why he's so busy is because he listens. And a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with the financial structure of the company or whatever it is, but it's just a friend and listening and saying, you can do this, coaching them up and building friendships. We, we, we're taught to talk, but <laughs> yeah. listening is what we're, you know, we've, we've, we've heard it since kindergarten, right? I mean, the value of listening, and it's still, it's still one of the greatest challenges. I agree. Yeah. I've read somewhere that that's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Yeah. So we can listen twice and talk That half. is so true. I have the, I completely agree. I can't it's remember where hard. I read that, but I just thought, that's great. That is great. And if Janice just listened to me more, then <laughs> Everything would be great. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. Well, those were such beautiful answers. Oh, my gosh. This really, it really centered around just learn it, love it, live it. I think that's a great message for anybody listening to this podcast. I think that's a great message for us to really just fall in love with our faith and to be with other people and to really be relational. Like, that's how Jesus was with us. Like, he met every, like, stories in the Bible. He met he met so many people that were so broken and called them out and brought them to him. Like that most of his, I mean, all of his apostles were sinners. Like, like everybody he loved was a sinner and everybody he loved had some sort of really awful thing going on in their life or something that was really keeping them from moving forward. And he was always there for them. And like, we need to strive to do the same. I think I'm a firm believer that it always starts with the relationship. You know, you can, you can push, you can push, you can do whatever. But like, if you're not opening your heart to somebody else, then you're not going to get anywhere. And that's the hardest thing to do, I think, is to be vulnerable. Vulnerable, exactly. Like, I know. I was like, just who wants say to that. break down their walls and be like, "Well, I this know. is what's going on." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it so. can be dangerous and scary. Yeah. Because you don't know what a person is going to do with that information, yes. and so. But you really get, what do, especially men that I coach, what do they want? They want influence. They want, they want influence. They want to be able to be recognized and be respected. And a lot of times they get that through vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean, by, they get more just by people saying, this just, that's a real, that's a real guy. That's a, and the women Honest. are the same way. I mean, they, they're, you know, they want the same things. Yeah. But people, and I, but I think women, tend to do it more naturally. Yeah, because we're so emotional. <laughs> it's true. We, we're more open to certain things. I, we're right. more open to that breaking down and like coming and sharing our hearts. I, I think so. And I think, in, and for men, it's maybe some men anyway, it's not always as easy or as natural. Very true. So how does a guy do that and still retain, you know, himself? Yes. And, and, uh, the, but the more you talk through that, and I think age is good for that too. I think, I think yeah. experiences <laughs> and maturity and uh, humility yeah, will start to come into play eventually. Absolutely. I am only 20, and I just remember being in high school. Like, I mean, I 
I'm very like emotional. I'm a, just a, I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's still it's still to this day, but um, I was definitely very all over the place and not not really wanting to talk about it. But if somebody were to ask me, I would start crying Aww. and be like, "Well, since you asked," <laughs> and just let it go. Yeah. But now I think I've kind of mellowed out a bit more, and I'm I'm a lot more open to it. But I'm in more control That's of my awesome. emotions. I think so. I think. That's a good point. Age has so much to do with it. Yeah. You know, and if we just give God permission to come into us, whatever age we're in, but the more experiences you have, I think, help. Absolutely. Just all that experience and really just diving into your relationship and diving into diving into life and just living it. (laughs) You've done a great job wrapping this all together. Oh, my gosh. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. This not only just made a great episode, but this really just made my morning. (laughs) Sometimes I just sometimes you just need soulful conversation to just start your day. I was honestly like. I, I wasn't nervous about the podcast, but I was like, oh, I've already messed up. I've already, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's going to happen today. There's so much to do. But, like, this just really, thank God, praise God, this just really put me on the right track for the rest of my day. So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate well, you guys taking and Thank you for finding in in your world such a creative way to to communicate to, to people. And uh, I think this is just another example of how God and Holy Spirit moves in people and especially young people in ways that you never would have five years ago conceived you'd be sitting with us here doing this and so, the courage yeah. it takes you. courage to stand against and do this so yeah well thank god you. is definitely with me so thank you guys and You're just welcome. praise god all right see you guys later bye Thank you guys so much for listening. I had such a good time with Joe and Janice. They are such wonderful people and such great examples of the faith. If you got anything from this podcast, I pray it was the line that Joe, Janice, and I talked about for most of the episode. Learn it, love it, live it. That is such a beautiful phrase. And if we applied that to our faith, who knows what would happen in our life? Who knows what would happen if we just choose to learn more about the faith, we choose to fall in love with it, and we choose to live that example that we learn and come to love out. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, before you learn the what, understand your why. God bless, and I'll catch you later.